Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome to Off the Bench. Darren Parkin filling in for Rob Beaver, who's a little unwell this weekend. Uh, certainly much to talk about in the world of footy Fremantle, building nicely with some good kids and the West Coast Eagles, obviously on an unbeaten run over the last six matches. Paul Hazelby, former Fremantle champion, is my co-host as always. And Hayes, nice to be working with you again. Great to be with you, Darren. And yes, we're loving the football festival at the moment. The games continue to roll on Thursday night. It was disappointing, but last night, good to have two top teams going at it. And we learn more. But I want to get your opinion. You're a Victorian. You're based over there. The AFL Grand Final. Now, who do you believe should be given the AFL Grand Final, given we don't believe it's going to be played in Victoria right now. Yeah, it certainly won't be here, despite, uh, I guess, the protest protestations of, of some. I think we can definitely put a line through that. Um, it, it's looking like Queensland, probably based on the fact that, you know, I'd say 70 or 80% of the season's been played up there with, with every side hubbing in Queensland at one point or another. But I'm sort of at the Malcolm Blight school of thinking that if it came down to the, the pure deserving or romantic notion of it, you go after the states that are football states, which are Western Australia and South Australia, like Victoria, passionate AFL states, rather than, you know, perhaps Queensland that hasn't always been that way. So plus the atmosphere at Optus Stadium as opposed to the Gabba, I think for anyone who's been to both of those stadiums, uh, it is a definitely a contrast. You'd say Queensland's probably the favourite, Hayes, but I'd be either WA or the late run, which has come from South Australia, because it surprised me that no one was talking about the Adelaide Oval either. It's a fantastic venue, isn't it, the Adelaide yeah. Oval? But uh, we're still not sure whether we're going to get full crowds for the AFL Grand Final. Over here in Perth, we haven't had our government to go up to the 100% capacity. And even in Queensland, if they continue on, there could only be sixteen to 20,000 people that are in attendance, which would, would be a massive shame. But we'll find out in the coming weeks where the AFL Grand Final will be played. What about this football festival? Have you enjoyed it? Football every night of the week, for me, it's given a lot of exposure to all the clubs. You don't always have to watch it, but you know it's there every night. No doubt the TV ratings would reflect some really good results for the broadcasters, which is important in this period. But do you see a place for something like this in future seasons where the AFL for at least a month ramp things up, condense things for the teams and the clubs and get a lot of games played every night of the week? Yeah, I think it'd have to be a block and I'm sure clubs would say no four-day breaks at any point. Like if we were to have mm. a festival of football, we'd make sure that you know the, the absolute minimum is five and you don't have sort of five and four and five in, in consecutive breaks. I guess from this point or from this side of Australia in Victoria, where we've been in a you know, hard lockdown for a couple of weeks, it's been great to obviously look forward to the yeah. fact that you can sit down and watch some footy at the end of the night. So obviously, if you had a bit more freedom, uh, as, as they do in other states, it might be different. But yeah, I mean, only for, for short periods of time. I think if you had a block of 
18 to 20 days of a, of a festival of football. It would probably eventually reach a point where you'd want to breathe a little bit, I reckon. Um, from your point of view as someone who's who's played, obviously without that particular burden of, you know, consecutive four-day breaks or hubs and, and that sort of stuff, how do you think you would have handled it? We've seen a few injuries, soft tissue injuries and the, and the like. Uh, clearly, that's a, a much greater risk. Yeah, I think you've got to be careful of uh, how many days breaks you do have and who you're coming up against. There's been a few times where one team's had four, the other team's had seven. So I don't think that could happen in the future. But as a player, I would have loved it. I hated training and I just <laughs> thought the extra work you did throughout the week was a bit of a waste of time. Just recover and then get straight into the next week. Well, I think going forward, maybe they could extend the season, get rid of the pre-season games, get it out to 22, 23 games. That way, all the members that are currently in place still get their 11 home games, and then you can do something with the other two or three games where you do speed it up and you have that block of fixtures, maybe through June, July. Call it the footy festival. I think the TV broadcasters would love that. But it's going to be fascinating to see what the AFL do, if at all they do make any changes next year from what they've learnt this season. Do you see any chance that they, I mean, of the major changes, shortened season, shortened quarters? I mean, clearly the TV broadcasters are going to say, yeah, we want uh, we want 22 games again, given everything that's happened this year. But, but can you see any potential for shortened quarters or a shortened season? Not the shortened season. I'd like to go the other way. Out yeah, to agree. 20, agree. 24, 25. Yeah. Even if you worked out some deal that over... You played 26 rounds and then over a four-year period, maybe you played every team twice, but it added up to playing them twice throughout those seasons. That could work. Shorter quarters. Look, I haven't hated it, to be honest. I thought at the start, you know, the games were over pretty quickly. But if you are going to condense the fixtures like we're talking about, you can't have those longer quarters. Yep, I think that's exactly right. We'll get an early breakaway. We've got the dig coming up. We'll update on everything happening in local footy as well. All that and more off the bench at WA with Darren Parkin and Paul Hazelby. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. The dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Yes, it certainly is. Dial before you dig. It is that essential first step. Lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry and don't dig yourself into a hole. Hayes, where are you uh, pointing the shovel this week? Well, they're in town and I'm having a go at the GWS Giants and Mm. Leon Cameron for their pathetic performance way back on Thursday night. Now, this team has a lot of talent. We've seen that. You only have to look at the other teams that are full with GWS ex-talent running around. And on Thursday, gee, they were disappointing. Three goals, seven, equal lower score for them. And we know when they come into the competition, they had a lot of young kids. I don't know why the Giants and Leon Cameron have behind the scenes agreed to a three-year contract extension because with this much talent with this team, they should have done better by now. And if they miss the finals this year, for me... It does not warrant a three-year extension for Leon Cameron. Maybe one year, but I don't know why clubs are in such a rush to go out there and give big, long extensions to their coaches when they're not performing. I saw it with Fremantle. It went pear-shaped with Ross Lyon. He got a big four-year deal when he never should. It put the whole club under pressure. It set them back two to three years for mine. Darren, why 
are the Giants so eager to get out there and sign this guy right now? Because they haven't been living up to their potential. Yeah, and especially, I know they made the grand final last year on the back of a brilliant final series, but we've got to remember they finished sixth last yeah. year, and I reckon they finished seventh the year before that as well, I'm pretty sure. So they haven't actually been a top four side despite that grand final appearance last year since 2016, I believe. So... Yeah, teams are always in a hurry. They, they often think that, you know, someone's either going to come and poach someone away or they need that stability. They don't want the questions hanging over their head. But it just backs yourself, and, and pardon the pun, obviously digs yourself into a hole in, in those circumstances. So uh, where did you have the, the Giants coming into the, the season? Did you have them as a, a reigning grand finalist that was a premiership contender or did you see them as the side that finished sixth or seventh and, and that was kind of their mark? No, I thought that was going to be the start of something. When you've smashed off the park like they were, you've got to come back hungry for it. And they just haven't since the the restart. They were very disappointing for a few weeks. They got on a bit of a roll. And some of their midfielders, like, has Kelly reached his potential? I know he had a good night numbers-wise, but he went at something like 25% disposal efficiency. This was a guy that he was the hottest property going back a few years ago where North Melbourne and other clubs were throwing massive money at him. Where does he sit in the plethora of midfielders right now? Would you have him inside the top 10 or 15? Uh, again, it's probably that nasty word, potential. Um, you probably wouldn't have him at that level uh, just yet to, to this point. And North Melbourne have been sniffing around him for ages. So mm. whether they whether they come back again and have another look uh, in, in terms of sort of down south in Victoria, Zach Williams is another one that has been speculated upon potentially leaving and getting major offers from, from other clubs. So Generally, they've been able to lock away most of the guys they've wanted to keep in recent years, except uh, Dylan Shield, who obviously went to Essendon. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a worry. And they've got a lot of guys. I mean, you look at the talent. And I thought Cornelio in the halftime interview of that game was quite honest. He just said, look, it was hopeless. It was, mm. it was a terrible first half. It was their third lowest scoring first half ever. The top two were in their first season when they were clearly a struggling side. Uh, but their fourth uh, worst first half was also this year against the Bulldogs, one goal four. So they've had a one goal three and a one goal four first half uh, this season, which is a, a real worry. So, yeah, there's lots of concerns for, for them. When you, you just look at the talent, I mean, Cameron, Canelio, Taranto, Hopper, Whitfield, uh, all of these guys, the list goes on in that team. It, it's hard to imagine that they are struggling the way they are. My, my dig's probably similar to a lot of other people, and it, it's around the, the lottery that is holding the ball. I don't blame the umpires <laughs> necessarily for it, but having watched multiple games where you'll see something that appears clear-cut, uh, let go, and then 30 seconds later, something that's absolutely red hot. And given, certainly for us here, we can't go to the football. We're watching everything on TV. And if you're watching it on TV, you can't see the wide view. So you've got no idea what's going to get paid or not. So it's literally just a lottery. If you're at the ground, you can watch the umpire. You see how he sets up or what he's looking for. But if you're watching it on TV, it's literally flip a coin. I've got no idea what they're going to pay. And, and uh, I guess that's a, that's a frustrating situation. That is the dig for this week. Dial before you dig the essential first step. We'll get a breakaway. We'll chat about the Eagles and the Dockers on the other side. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Darren Parkin filling in for Rob Beaver, but Paul Hazelby is here, the former Dockers champion. And, and Hayes, your old mob, given the injuries they've got, new coach, uh, so many of their key defenders obviously out of the lineup for, for a long time. You must be pretty pleased with what they're doing. I think they've conceded something like seven, five and four goals in the last sort of three or four games. So they've had runs like that. So their defence... 
with those guys out is, is really holding up. And, of course, Justin Longmuir did come from Collingwood where he helped build their defensive system in the last few years as well. I've got to hand it to Justin Longmuir and Peter Bell and Simon Garlick, who's come into the CEO position at the football club. Since they came in, the whole club has transformed, not only on the field but off the field, the way they deal with people, the way they deal with past players and their supporters as well. And it took a bit of time for the game plan to kick in. They couldn't score, and it's still a bit of an issue for them, the scoring, but the defensive side of it's been fantastic. You can actually see they've got a game plan that they're working to. They like to hit the 45 kicks up, and they're building the ball up going inside their forward 50. And for the first time in a long time, you look at the Fremantle Dockers kids, and this has happened pretty quickly over the last four weeks, probably out of necessity because of the injuries to Fife and also Walters. Justin's gone, nope, I'm going to go with some of these younger kids, give them some good roles. Caleb Sarong is a great example of that. How many first-year players are starting in the centre bounce in the competition? Mm. I would say he's the only one. And he's probably the preferred starter at the moment, the way he's been going. He's getting the big roles. He's beat Dangerfield, Taylor Adams, and last week it was O'Meara as well that he spent time on. Then you've got Brayshaw, who has been terrific. He's living up to his billing as the number two pick. Chera had a great game last week. He's still got to get that consistency. But you look down back, they've got Ryan, who I believe should be an All-Australian yep. form this year. Cox is now starting to show a bit. In the ruck, they've got a young guy in Sean Darcy who's been disappointing for the most part, but we do forget how young he is, and he was outstanding against the Hawks last week against two seasoned ruckmen up forward. They've got options with Matty Tabernar now realising his potential. What it does do, Darren, it sets them up to have Fife and Walters come back into the side and play a small forwards because those two those two positions, I think, are an Achilles heel to the Fremantle Dockers in recent times. They've got the tall forwards and they've had those two guys playing in the midfield. If they can get four goals out of those two players every week, then all of a sudden this team is starting to look complete, and maybe next season there's going to be some riches. Yeah, if those two superstars can be the gloss rather than obviously having to to drive the bus every week, then that's going to be mm. a huge benefit for, for Fremantle. And obviously early in the season they lost narrowly to Essendon, they lost narrowly to Brisbane at the Gabba, so they've been pretty competitive even in their defeats. They haven't really been blown out at any stage apart from maybe that Geelong game and the, the horrible conditions on that Monday night. Uh, the West Coast Eagles, six in a row for them. How do you reckon they're going to handle Hub Life second time around when it comes in? They, they clearly struggled for form first time around, but they're going to hit the second hub, you'd think, on the back of potentially eight wins in a row. They'll be better for the experience. I still don't love the rhetoric coming out of their mouths from mm. some of the leaders within the club. You talk to Fremantle people, you hear them in the media, and it's like, yep, we love it. But there is a clear difference. I think Fremantle won't make the finals at this point in time. The West Coast Eagles will, and for them, it could be nine weeks on the road, and, and that is a long time, yep. but... You know, I'm surprised they haven't learnt their lesson and just been super positive about it. It makes it difficult for them to win the premiership from this point on, but let's be honest, all the Victorian teams have the same scenario right now. And weren't the the uh, the, the pictures that we saw from a few of the families mm. that were meeting up with the players earlier in the week, absolutely fantastic. But they're going as good as any in the competition. That midfield, I think, now is the best, with Nat Nui back to his absolute best from a clearance point of view, and the forward line has been amazing. Waterman, though, looks like he could be out for a period of time, and um, he he has been one of those players alongside Oscar Allen that's certainly added value. But I want to throw this at you, Darren. Mm. We talked about the, the kids from Fremantle. 
The Port Adelaide kids get spoken about a lot. They've got Rosie, Dersma, Butters, Georgiades, even yeah. Laddams has been playing yep. really well. That's a great combination. For you, who's got the best young kids? Sydney on Thursday night actually showed a bit with some of their kids as well. Who do you think's got the best kids coming through? Well, Port Adelaide are probably the ones that you look at with that, that natural, I guess, offensive talent. But but I'd argue Fremantle's young mids would, would certainly be, be right up there. That that group they've got sort of either behind the ball or around the ball would, would have to be as, as close to any in the competition. You see teams like, you know, Geelong and, and Richmond blood, the odd kid sort of through their system. But for sides that have had to play a lot of them, Brisbane a couple of years ago would have been the answer to that question. But certainly I'd, I'd say Fremantle... Uh, in terms of midfield, Port Adelaide in terms of offensive weapons. But, yeah, I think what the Dockers are building is, is pretty impressive for sure. Good call. So who wins? It's Frio taking on Carlton. I'm going to go with Frio, three in a yep. row. Uh, and a good test for them, I guess, against a team that I think they will compete with for the coming years because of the list profiles and the West Coast Eagles. They should get it done against the Hawks, who, gee, yep. they were horrible. And they have been horrible, really. They're the worst team to watch in the competition, the Hawks, right now. Yeah, they had one good game against Carlton a week or so ago, but that was about it. But, yeah, Fremantle. Blues were all right against West Coast. It'll certainly be competitive. But, um, but I think Fremantle should have it over there. For this one, we'll get a breakaway. You're listening to Off the Bench WA, Darren Parkin and Paul Hazelby. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. You are listening to Off the Bench, Darren Parkin in place of Rob Beaver here with Paul Hazelby. We're taking a look now at our waffle update. Thanks to Kia with Australia's best seven year. Factory warranty. What are we at at this stage heading towards round five, Hayes? We'll go back and have a look at last week. It was the Falcons too good for the Royals. The Tigers, Claremont, they continue their good form against the depleted Peel Thunder. Of course, they were an alignment team with the Fremantle Dockers. So they're hanging in there, the Thunder. The Sharks just fell by six points to Perth, who now have three wins. The Perth Demons, they could play finals for the first time in a very, very long time. Darren and the big game, the big result was South Fremantle too good. Well, they actually smashed Subiaco, who have been the trendsetter for a long time. South Fremantle looking pretty on the ladder. They've got all four wins from their four games. West Perth in second, then Claremont, Perth and East Perth. So waiting for Subiaco to make their move. This round, it's the Royals taking on Claremont. I'm going to go with Claremont in that one. I think Claremont will be a top three team this year. Subiaco will thrash Peel Thunder. South Fremantle continue their good form against Swan Districts. And Perth taking on the Falcons. Now, Darren, this one is massive. To the winner, I think they 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 fall into the finals and get that fourth spot. And as I said, I think it's been over 30 years <laughs> since Perth have played finals footy. And Troy Cook, a great mate of mine, he's one of the directors down there. So I wish them luck. It was his birthday throughout the week, and this would be a great present. Yeah, it certainly would. That is a, a fairly significant drought. You look at some of the great finals droughts over the journey, that mm. would be uh, that would be quite remarkable. But, Hayes, it's been good fun sort of sitting in the chair this week. Rob Beaver, we certainly wish him well. He's been a, a little crook over the last uh, couple of days, so fingers crossed that he's uh, right and ready to roll again for next week. But it been nice uh, working with you. Enjoy the footy over the next couple of days as well as we see both of our uh, WA teams in action. The big question is, does he get back into this team? It was a strong <laughs> show today. You were fantastic. And if he's not, I look forward to working with you again next week. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.